Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Don't, don't do that. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Boyce of Reason podcast. I am Benjamin Boyce, and today's guest is Buck Angel, who is an absolute powerhouse. This is probably one of my favorite interviews that I've done in, like, all of the interviews. Such a beautiful, powerful spirit. Buck Angel is a trans man, so born a female, and underwent surgery and hormone therapy to achieve the identity of a man. And he did that in the 90s and was ahead of this current wave of trans community and stuff. So we talk about that. We talk about his experience growing up, the dysphoria and what transition meant and did for and to him. And we also talk a lot about the current state of discourse around transsexualism, transgenderism, and the medical community and what is happening to young people who are getting on the transition track. Uh, Very great interview. So uh, let's just dive in. Here's Buck Angel. Hi, friend. Good day to you. How are you? You have such an awesome voice. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of equipment. It's helping me. <laughs> right on. <laughs> what are you up to today? Or this oh, my week, God. I guess? My, this, it's been, you know, COVID. It's just insane. And I have an eight-year-old, and it's just so no school. I have to homeschool, and I have oh, to wow. keep him busy. It's so insane, my friend. And also, just, you know, be, being locked up locked up on some level is a little mentally draining i think and dealing with the world now and dealing with the trans community is like uh, (laughs) i mean (laughs) i have no words dude i'm just like is this happening (laughs) oh geez yeah are you in a densely packed area or do you have some land around you that you guys can wander on Oh, yeah. So I live like smack dab in the middle of Hollywood, you know, California. Okay. So so really, I am by the mountains, luckily. So I can actually walk literally half a mile up the road. I'm in a mountain area, but I'm in the city. I'm like seriously city living. You you don't live in the city, do you? No, I, I'm surrounded by uh, the forest, basically. Right on. Excellent. That's why you have such an excellent like energy. <laughs> you're you're with nature, my friend. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty online, but when I'm not online, I'm very not online. Right on. <laughs> well, um do you I don't I don't know what you want to accomplish with this discussion. I usually like yeah. to root everything in biography. I don't know if you're tired of talking about your life, but Never. that's kind of where I like to begin things and then we can talk yeah. about how that informs your views on what's going on, specifically with yeah. the transgenderism, transsexualism and Yep. Yep. How that's unfolded yep. over the years. When did you first transition or when did you So yeah, transition? I'm an old guy. <laughs> I'm fifty eight, actually at fifty eight years old, and I transitioned twenty five years ago. So okay. yeah, a long time ago. Mid-90s. And I tra- yeah, and in here in Los Angeles, and no, no, I was literally an experiment, like 100% oh. an experiment. Neither of my doctors had ever 
worked with a transsexual man. They've, uh, the first one, my hormone doctor, my endocrinologist, only worked with transgender women. So for 30 years, he had a practice for trans. So I was his first transsexual man. And he was like, okay. um, he, he goes to me, I'm not really sure how to do this. Oh, wow. <laughs> he said, you're going to be my guinea pig. He actually said that. Okay. <laughs> and what, what was your feeling uh, towards that specifically? Like being on the oh, cutting God. edge? scared to death but yeah. you know honestly it was either that or death so really? yeah i was i don't know I was, you know i had already att attempted suicide twice i was okay. a raging alcoholic drug addict i was on death's okay. you know doorstep for sure yeah okay. would you mind outlining your experience of gender dysphoria mm -hmm. like from your childhood mm -hmm. on if gender dysphoria is the proper term of course it is. Yeah. You know, you, okay. and I also want to let you know that you don't offend me ever. <laughs> I'm not from that camp. You okay. cannot, you know, as a trans guy, man, you got to grow some balls in this world in order to get to where I'm at. I would never be here if I didn't grow balls. And I'm the guy who makes fun of my, I'm, you know, it's just, oh, it's upsetting uh -huh. me because I just have gotten to this place because I meet you all in the middle. You know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. force you to think about me, but that said, I just want you to know you can't offend me. I'm not from that camp. So, yeah, it was a difficult space for me growing up as a kid and feeling like a dude. You know, uh, in mm -hmm. the 60s, I was born in 1962 in Los Angeles in the Valley. And, okay. you know, my parents are amazing. They, they, you know, of all the things they had to deal with in the 60s, they just were okay with me being buck. And they literally on some level raised me as buck. And you okay. know, things didn't really, I did not have a bad childhood. I had a, you know, an awesome childhood. Even the boys played with me on the block. Everyone just considered me a boy, right? A tomboy. It was just very normal. It wasn't, you know, I got in fights at school and I had, you know, hard times. Sometimes people would call me a girl. And But, you know, I'm going to tell you now as an elder, as an older person, I can tell you that that did make me a stronger person. And so I do think sometimes these kinds of things are important for kids to deal with and have sort of these places that you have to push through because you learn from pushing through and you learn from resistance and so you know i didn't i didn't get to transition as a kid and it wasn't even on the table that wasn't even you know mostly everyone just thought i'd grow out of it and you know yeah. and and i didn't grow out of it i grew into it on some level but but so mm. what happened was puberty puberty and i can pretty much tell you everyone who's going to listen to this is going to have that connection with me you everyone everyone goes through puberty that's a human space and so but for a person like me and even for a person like you it was uncomfortable to go through puberty okay. but mine took a next level right yeah. so i'm imagine if you started growing boobs and you know you would be like totally freaked out like i'm turning into a lady and i think i'm a man that, yeah that messed with my brain. And so that's when alcohol came into the picture, you know, cutting. I was a cutter. I used to take razor blades and cut my face, my arms, everything, okay. you know, and hide that from my parents. And I just was in a really spin, a downward spiral. And uh, I didn't pop out of it until my late 20s, 30s, until I started getting therapy and really taking. But pretty much from the time of 16 all the way into my 20s, I was an alcoholic drug addict running around the world acting like an insane person, you know, okay. but I have a story, man. It's insane. Yeah. Mm. And here I stand today because I got to be the person I always wanted to be. And 100% I have gender dysphoria, but today I don't. I okay. no longer have gender dysphoria. I actually fixed the problem. Could you explain that gender dysphoria, like your feeling towards your body, and maybe outline mm -hmm. that for young women who are experiencing that too, and, and kind of describe yes. the severity? 
that? <sighs> you know, puberty. I'm going to come back to puberty. You know, all these young people are going through puberty right now, but they have the internet, right? I yeah. didn't have that. So for me, it was a total disconnect, 100% disconnect, because all this time I was like living as a boy. And then all of a sudden, just what is happening? Boobs start growing. You start to feel different. Yeah. Boys start to feel that difference from you too. And the boys started moving away from me. Okay. And it, and that's why I'm telling you, biology is real. I mean, I don't need to tell you, but it's real. I wa- I know I lived it. I watched the boys move away from me. I, I watched how like I'm supposed to act this way. They're supposed to act that way. And it's actually an, an, it's an, an, a feeling inside. And I know that the boys started to see me as a girl. And that really was very detrimental and for my mental health as well because I didn't feel connected to the girls. And so I became... Okay. A lonely child on some level, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By not being connected to the girls, does that encapsulate mm-hmm. your attraction to women or your attraction mm-hmm. to men? So again, there's again, that's a whole other space. You know, our sexual space is not the same as our gendered space. And so for for me, I always was attracted to girls. Even at that age, when I started going through puberty, I was totally attracted to women. I didn't even think about guys that way. I was always thinking about girls. So on some level, I was a straight kid, you know, and I was just mm. looking at girls as a, I felt like a boy looking at a girl. But that was a whole other level because then I was like really a lesbian, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's getting piled on top. So I really was a lesbian on some level. I really was attracted to girls, but I felt like a boy. Now, here's the situation today. All of these young girls are, I'm trans, I'm trans. What does that even mean? I never said I was trans. I didn't have that language. It's a language that's being given to them to yeah. say they are something where yeah. I just felt this way from the get. Now, I'm not going to tell you I'm not a doctor. I'm not anything. I only have my own experience to say the things that I say here. And that said, it's my opinion that we are on some level indoctrinating when you put language that people can take and say, oh, I kind of of course, everyone feels some way when they're growing up or some different gender is a real thing that happens to kids and sexuality mm-hmm. and so yeah when you give kids this language oh, i'm trans they're immediately going to grab onto that and that's what they think they're going to be when they might necessarily not be that yeah yeah so i just think it's kind of interesting that you say you were disconnected from women but you were also attracted to them yeah it's always kind of an interesting aspect of desire that we were kind of we desire what we're different from in a way yes in a way i think so and and honestly i just felt like a boy and my my thought vision which i saw was a man is with a woman so i didn't even know about homosexuality so much back in the 60s and 70s right we didn't really talk talk about that was like off the table can you imagine being trans gay was off the table trans is like what is this yeah and with regards to you being unique to your doctors, did you have a community that kind of understood your position within the trans community? Or there was you, no trans community. You, okay, so you weren't, you didn't have access to uh, trans women or no, okay. no. I mean, I had so the access I had was my trans women friends who I met in party streets. That was a, the trans women were always around, but they, you know, they sort of molded into the drag queen culture and the gay culture. Okay. And so there was back and forth of that, but I knew trans women, but it wasn't something that I connected in my brain. If that makes sense. I didn't realize I could also do that because none of my therapists, anybody I went to, everyone just said I was a very male identified female. Now, the reason I don't necessarily like to tell that story is because today we're in this idea that you can't be a gay you know girl at 16 and like you must be trans so that was happening to me back in that day they were saying the opposite they were saying Mm. you're not really a boy you're a gay woman 
where that was it had nothing to do with my sexuality, it had 100% to do with my gender, but we didn't have the tools back in the day. But I do see us talking more about kids being, or youngsters, or 16, 17 year olds being trans as opposed to being gay. And I don't mm -hmm. see the gay on the table anymore. I don't see us talking about maybe they're a gay woman, which they possibly could be. Mm -hmm. and, and that's upsetting to me that we've literally taken the homosexual language off the table and now everything is about trans and that's just not true. Yeah. So what steps did you take internally to uh, kind of get out of that disassociation you were using alcohol uh, with? Like what was the steps of you mm -hmm. figuring that out and confronting yourself and, and figuring mm -hmm. out how to integrate yeah. yourself? very difficult i became homeless so i i basically okay. was a i was a fashion model and i i traveled europe as a model and i was like one of the very first androgynous female models at that time and so i couldn't handle it though and that was having this dude i was having opportunities they were like literally wanted to make me into a huge like supermodel and here i am like uh i actually hate this where's the cocaine oh, okay. <laughs> where's the alcohol like they're feeding you all and i'm like yeah. okay i'll do anything you want but so i was li literally fashion a fashion, female fashion model, but I could not, I literally couldn't handle it. They ended up sending me back to the States and I had nowhere to go. My family had disowned me. Everyone disowned me. I lived on the streets and I was smoking crack cocaine and I was a prostitute. Oh, yeah. And oh my God, it was insane. I got out of it because I almost got killed. And I just knew if I said to God, I literally looked to God and I said, I, I hope I'm going to die. And it was like, I knew I needed to get sober and sobriety was my sort of awakening to know that I could on some level through a therapist fix this problem. Okay. And what, uh, with regards to that therapy, what mm. was kind of like the things that you had to figure out, um, like, mm -hmm. like conceptually about who you are? Right. So I already knew, I mean, you know, I had told therapists forever that I don't feel like a girl. I feel like a boy and they would shut it down. Shut it okay. down. You're a gay woman. You're just okay. very masculine. This therapist said to me, I believe you, Buck. And it was like, and it was like I, I could cry talking about it because she okay. saved my life. And so, but we didn't have the tools back then. There was no internet. There was no place to go for information on how to do any of this stuff. So together we sort of figured it out. And I found a pamphlet in a bookstore that says Transgender Women uh, Resource Guide. And I don't know why. I just picked it up and I looked inside. That's how I got my doctor's. Okay. I called them, yeah, and then they were willing to work with me, even though I was their guinea pig. Yeah, okay. So how was it? How was that then? That the, uh, the <laughs> hormones and, and how did your brain shift? And dude, like it's so crazy. You you actually shift your thought process. I did. I I I, I have, and on some levels, I can tell you that emotionally, I'm less sensitive. And I don't, you know, people can get upset at these things, but I'm again, I need to remind people this is my story and what happened to me. Yeah. But I did feel a, a totally different level of the way I feel sensitively towards life or things, and I felt this sort of like thing come down on me where I felt more uh, positive and I felt more strength in my ability to walk the world. And, you know, I always wore a baseball cap when I was that way. And I always wore it down over my eyes and the baseball cap come out, come off and I, my eyes open and I saw the world and it was like, it was game changing for me. And, you know, even after that one testosterone shot, which was about that much, it <laughs> mentally, <laughs> it mentally oh, okay. it shifted me. And I knew, I just knew I was on the right track. I don't know how, but I knew it. 
Did you um, end up uh, constructing an identity or did you, did it feel like you were kind of growing into yourself, if that's a fair question? Yeah, it is a fair question. And so, no, I did start to structure my identity because I always looked and saw men, very masculine men. As you see, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of hyper masculine. That was my idea of masculinity, Tom of Finland, like these very macho men. I just worshipped that. I, okay. I worshipped it. And so that was really what I saw in my envision of my outside space, right? My Because for me, it wasn't necessarily my brain that I felt I needed to work on. I felt like I needed to work on what you saw, which okay. is this physical vision. And so I never even thought about my brain until later on in life. And I never thought, well, what does a man think like? What does a woman think? I yeah. never thought that. I thought, I need you, my friend, to see me like this. And okay. that fixed so much for me. That That is a very um, salient point because a lot of the... Uh, the extremity of certain aspects of trans rights activism is really heavily trying to force other people to see uh, mm-hmm. them in a certain way. And, and the, the most right. extreme part of that is the female penis. Uh, that's, that's where right. we are right now. So how do yes. we navigate that? If it, what, what was the, I guess um, you kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, when, when you're doing a deal or a trade deal, like navigating mm-hmm. like that relationship with other people and the expectation of them to see you in a certain way and, and right. finding your own space in that. Right. So, so the question is, I'm sorry, I didn't, how did, um, how did you navigate the expectations of having other people oh. change how they saw you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Great question. My friend who's prepared for that especially somebody like me who doesn't even have what we have today, which is the internet talking. I had none of it. I'm literally going into this blind. The thing that helped me on some level, it's going to sound insane. Get to that thing was I always had in the back of my mind. If this doesn't work, I'll kill myself. It was my mantra. It was literally my mantra after every shot, if this doesn't work. And then I started to get to this space where I was like, Actually, I don't care because I started to get facial hair and I started to look masculine and things started to. But in the beginning, people did not like it. The lesbian community that I was attached to literally disowned me. They were like, you're a freak. You're gross. This is disgusting. You're abandoning us. Okay. I'm jumping ship. Interesting. I that. Yeah, okay. no, they hated it back in the day. Nobody. Okay. Yeah, because of uh, you think the aversion to masculinity, perhaps. Um, also, they felt like I was a traitor because back, you know, back in the day, there was this sort of like um, push against men on some level. And I, yeah, yeah. I want to say lesbians aren't man haters. That that's a total myth. But there mm-hmm. is, you know, a thing there that some happens. Tension, and I, for sure. Yes, tension. Okay. Great word. Thank and, you. <laughs> this, this is in the '90s or the '80s. We're talking yeah, about the '90s. Yeah, okay. in the '90s, totally. And they hated it. And I started when I started to transition. They freaked. The funny part of that story is, let's say fast forward 10 or so years later, a lot of those uh, women came and asked me how to transition. So that, yeah, that was a very difficult space for me to be in. I'll be honest with you. I have, you know, the two people on one side, one saying, don't tell them, fuck them. And the other side saying, you got to, dude, you're your your space now. Okay. And (laughs) yeah, if, if, how, how do we maintain, um, kind of, uh, I guess, guardrails then from your point of view mm. so that we catch, uh, I guess, uh, we prevent detransition and we prevent yeah. the uh. unnecessary uh, body modification for people who don't actually... 
I know. It's such a shame. The detransitioners are really that, you know, I, I hate to say this, but they're going to actually be a part of creating a better space for transition. And on some level, I think they were guinea, they are guinea pigs. Okay. And it really upsets me and makes me want to cry because I just can't imagine that happening to me. I can't, I've never even thought it's never even been that much of a thought on my mind. So I'm like, wait a minute, this is why me and you are connecting and I'm connecting there because we yeah. need to have this conversation. So how do we stop this from happening? Well, we're talking about it. And I'm going to okay. tell you, there's this part of, and I'm not going to say my community or that there's a part of the trans community, a part of the trans community that does not want us to talk about this, does not want it to be seen, wants to hide it under the rug. And that's upsetting to me because I don't understand why we want to hide something that can actually help us be better in the future of transitioning for the future of us so we don't let this happen to youngsters. Why is this happening today? Because kids are being indoctrinated into this thought process through the internet, through yay, trans is fun and happy. I would never want anybody to be trans. That's the last thing I would want a child to have to deal with or a parent or anybody. It's a, it's a nightmare. It's not okay. a game. <laughs> this is so detransition on some level is going to help us. But at the same time, like how do we stop these kids from Taking such drastic measures, r removing your breasts, seriously, because you at 16, because you think you think you're trans without any mental health care. Okay. I mean, wow, that in itself is actually so dangerous and irresponsible of our community. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. do you think that the detransitioners will help transition? So what we'll do is you, and it's horrible that I'm going to kind of say this, but I really think using them and listening to them and understanding why did they do this? And all of a sudden, why, because like I said, again, I've never had most of the guys like me, most of the guys like me, my friends, we all look, we've all done what I've done. And that's where we stand. We just wanted to be dudes. We went into the world. We had a sex okay. change on some level. And so that's where we're at. So when we, I've never had that. So I'm interested in this why would you ever look back if you actually made the right choice it means you didn't make the right choice and where in that space did you not make the right choice because i didn't i made the right choice along the way and so i look back at that and i say i'm studying i'm watching these detrans i have so many detransitioner friends now they really speak okay. and talk to me because i care about them and they say what well, the number one thing that was missing was mental health nobody told them not to do it nobody i'm like wow <laughs> I mean, I'm actually kind of, that's the missing mm. link. That's okay. the missing link. Yeah. And why do you think, or what is your supposition of why certain parts of the trans community don't want that discussion to be had? Do you have any guesses as to why? Yeah, I do. Because it makes us look bad. And then people will start to question transitioning and people will okay. start, to, which I want them to do. Don't you okay. want people to question transitioning? This is not I'm gay and tomorrow I'm bisexual and that's a whole other space. This is okay. I'm going to cut my breasts off and then what's going to happen to me next? And hysterectomy at 17 and 18. Come on, man. Like, let's just be real about this. And people hate me. People hate me in my community because I have these conversations. Because if we don't have hmm. – to me, if we don't have them, it's not caring about the community. It's like saying we have a dirty little secret and we're not going to talk about this. And who okay. cares? Collateral damage. Detransitioners are collateral damage. Uh, there's a theme that's arising of you being in a group and then not in a group anymore. That's <laughs> 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 so good. <laughs> fucking live for this stuff <laughs> okay what's up with that hell if i know dude <laughs> am 
everybody always has an opinion about me <laughs> forever, dude. Since I started my work, everything, everyone, this community has been after me for years because I've just been me and I okay. just say and I do things and I created sex toys and I create, you know, this and that and I talk about my body and I'm very comfortable with who I am and, you know, Sometimes people don't like success. So I don't really know okay. what camp I'm in today or where huh. I stand. I'm pretty straightforward in my thoughts. I think so. I hope that you understand that or if you've yeah. read my stuff. I'm pretty straightforward. I never veer. I've always been on that track. I've always said, this is this. I'm a transsexual. I don't know what's going on here. What you people are doing over there on TikTok with blue hair and like now you're trans. Like this is not where I come from. That's a mm. whole other weird space of stuff. Okay. So what do you think is your um, your work right now then? Yeah, I really do feel my – and I don't – I'm I've actually pulled out of activism <laughs> because okay. that, that's not real. Activism where I come from, again, 58. I grew up in the AIDS epidemic. All my friends died of AIDS. I was with ACT UP, Queer Nation. I've been an activist in the LGBT community for 30-plus years. I, I have My heart is in activism. That said, today activism is not activism. It's something else. It's fascist, weird stuff where if you don't believe this, that's not activism. Activism is creating bridges. So today, I, in, a, in a space, I'm a bridge builder. That's really what I tell people. I'm a human rights activist. I'm a bridge builder. I, I, can, I don't want you to force your yourself myself on you if you don't like the way i am good for you right on my friend i'll just go that way you go that way that's how you make the world a better space you got to so i have to teach my community and the ones who listen to me that we need to reach out to these people don't roll over jk rowling because she said trans she did not say anything transphobic nothing she said i have feelings and these are the things I just I just cannot be a part of a of, of a group of people who don't listen, who are angry, who are mean. If you don't take on this thought process, that's not trans. That is not. That is something else. And so okay. today I speak out against these people who are on some level destroying a community I was part of building. Okay. There seems to be, from your perspective and other perspectives that I've listened to, um, kind of a tradition within the gay community of activism. Do you think that that's something that tied that community together and if and and how that's changed over time with you know the successive uh, progress through that activism and what how that has changed the community well it's divided our community for sure somehow the t has just overpowered the lgb and i don't know how that's happened i mean i have a thoughts, but I'll sound like a crazy person if I tell you, but I'm not going to go there. That said, how did they tea get so powerful? So the activism today isn't the same. I feel the T is okay. overpowering the voices of the other and actually sort of on some level being very, um, very disrespectful, very disrespectful okay. in language and thought and feelings and listening to the other pieces of the puzzle. Okay. And so how do you think that that might uh, change then, just that modality of mm. communication? Mm. How it's going to change is what I said earlier, sitting down together and listening to each other and understanding because I feel this way. It's not against you. It's the way I feel. Mm -hmm. And the LGBT has always been very strong together. I'm telling you, I've been in this community. This is the first time in the history of, of our LGBT community that I've ever seen the insanity going on. Never have I seen it at this. You know, the gay women helped the gay men during AIDS. We came. I was a gay woman at that time. We came and we helped. We were brothers and sisters. I miss that. There, this is not what's happening. Happening. And I understand now why LGB wants to literally, I sound like I'm teaching a kindergarten class, wants to get rid of the tea. <laughs> there, there, is, there is a children's book in there. 
it, it probably will either do very very well or very not well. <laughs> right on, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, when did you decide to speak to this, or what was the wake up yeah. call to the runaway yeah. train? You know. It was before rolling, I'll tell you that. But at the same time, that was really a real wake-up call for me. When I saw people, I mean, I was already interjecting my voice into women's. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a feminist, dude. I, I used to be a lady. I know what it's like to be a lady, and no one can ever take that away from me. I embrace my horrible part of my life. It was horrible living as a woman. I am very connected to that. And that's why nobody, these people better get out of my way because you cannot come and invade spaces that are already still trying to fill. 30 years ago, we were in this same space. And so I know a lot of people in the trans community who don't necessarily want to interject their voice and take over women's spaces. But there's a powerful part of this community that says we're lesbians and we're this no one's saying you're not a lesbian. You can be that. But let's figure out how we can interject. So I saw this attack on gay women, this attack on women, shutting women's voices down. I'm like, this is misogyny at its finest. You used to be men. You are women now. How are you not understanding that? So I really – and the biology debate. That was it for me, dude. I was okay. like, okay, this is insane. We are losing out on everything. Okay. Kids, Could- kids will get hurt. Okay. Okay, could you could you outline then that for for the yeah. audience? Like, what yeah. is that biology thing, and how did it change? Or- <laughs> so out of nowhere, people just started saying biology doesn't exist, and I really do think that came from the academic world. And by the way, I love your evergreen stuff, man. That's how I connected to you. It's so brilliant. I learned so much from you, man. I'm not an <laughs> academic, clearly. I didn't even graduate high school, so I'm just like, this is such good shit. But it. <laughs> teaching these kids these languages and and these things is just so i i see this idea that biology doesn't exist coming from the space and then people just latching onto it because it's a means and a way to sort of manipulate uh Mm. a space that's what i see so okay yeah and where where did you first hear that then was it I guess I think it might have been. I can't remember. I started seeing it on Twitter, and I'm like, "What?" I literally was like, "Wait a minute! I got. Am I reading this correctly? (laughs) Is this actually real? (laughs) This dumbass dude who didn't graduate high school knows biology. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) is actually real." And then I started connecting. Deborah So reached out to me, Dr. Deborah, who's a really okay. awesome lady. And some people yeah. started reaching out to me and Abigail Shear and, you know, all these people. And okay. um, I, I started having that biology talk with them. And they were, like, fearful. And I'm like, oh, I'm – and so anyway, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. Why do you think that – why were they fearful? Well, because, again, once you start trying to take biology out of the question, everything is going to f- fall everything okay. that structure is going to fall everything the reason we're trans people is biology i mean how dare you dis- disrespect my space i'm here only because i was born female and i had to fix it and okay. that's a real fucking story it's not okay. made up crazy stuff yeah so when you decided to speak out what did what was your tact and how did that work well i just said biology first thing i remember the first thing i said was biology is real we cannot do this. It is actually detrimental to the health of trans people. And I got nailed. Oh, my God. They all came at me. You're a transphobe. You're a turf. You're... I'm like, well, wait a minute. Turf 
has been even part of this conversation. And I started getting nailed with, and I'm like, oh, I'm not that dude. I'm, not, I'm that guy that fights. If you don't know, I'm the fighter, dude. I'm an Irish background. Like, really? So I was like, okay, we'll see about. So that really sparked me. It did. It okay. lit a fire under me. And I was like, okay. this is not okay. And has there been coalition building uh, since then? Or do yes. you see groups yes. forming? Yeah, uh, Scott, who you had on your on your on your um, podcast, Scott, Scott, mm-hmm. Scott is building a, tr- a transrational voices. He's a really he's such an, a beautiful guy. So there is me and him are not the only ones like us. There's a lot yeah. of us and we're coming to it and we're tired of it. And I also really? want to let you know that, oh, we're not putting up with this. We care okay. about kids. We all have kids, a lot of us. Oh, okay. And so so yeah. the good thing and that's the thing is I'm not just talking out of my ass. I also have a kid. I have an eight year old boy. And let me yeah. tell you, biology is real. <laughs> I watch this kid. He's a little dude. There's no, there's no daddy, I want to wear a dress, which is fine. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying he's never even gone to that space ever. Yeah. So okay. I know that this is a real thing. So, okay. so yeah. So, yeah, we're building forces, and I think – the, the situation is, you know, like I said earlier, I'm a transsexual man. I'm not a transgender man. This is not my identity. I had a sex change, which a lot of the guys like me are like me. We literally wanted to transition to men and live in the world. So you just see us as dudes. And now they're making a lot of problems for us. And, you know, don't do that. Find your own space in this community and deal with your own stuff. But don't roll over us because we're not going to sit down and take it. Yeah. Um, what? How have you seen that um, the science with regards to or the treatment of uh, mm. trans men, how, how has that developed and you think it's doing good? Nope, not at all. And let me tell you again, 25 years ago, I'm a, yeah. I'm a guinea pig. Within 10 years of long-term long term use of t- – they don't have any studies still today. I, I've been screaming this at the top of my lungs. I got atrophy. Long story short, I almost died because it literally tore apart my system and it oh. closed everything up. And I got septic. And I have – you know, it was the first – I'm the first recorded case of long-term use of testosterone on a female body. That's why we have to talk about our our biology. I'm a female-bodied person. If I go to a doctor and say I'm just a dude, but I don't know where my testicles are, like <laughs> the doctor is mm. going to be like, "What's happening? You've okay. got to. We we have to be so so uh, um, uh, open about our biology." Okay, and y- you don't see enough research still. None. Very okay. few. I've been talking about it. These kids are all literally. I'm not kidding you, my friend Benjamin. I get. I get emails from kids daily. I have cramps, Trampa. I have these cramps. I don't know what they are. My doctor doesn't know what they are. I'm like, it's atrophy. Oh, Here, I built a website with a pamphlet on it. Go download it. Take it to your fucking doctor. And this is what's happening. Do you know uh-huh. that that I had to do that? I had to do that because nobody in this medical field get, cares. I'm telling you, money, my friend. All it's right. money. Yep. And is that? Uh, do you see the care different between trans women and trans men? Is it better for trans women? Well, I think there's probably – I can't really speak on that because I haven't really – other than that, other than I know that trans women have been around a lot longer. But I think we are at the – we, we, us trans people are the ones who need to change the system. And we will not change the system the way we're doing it now. And we need to talk to doctors and we need to let them have understanding of what's going on. And we're not doing that because there's this mantra in the community that we don't need to educate you. You need to educate yourself, which is the Hmm. most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You, yeah. How are you going to educate yourself? You don't if, you, if we're not giving you any education. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ignorance. So it, it seems like uh, what needs to happen in the, the community at large is more conversations. And yep. 
Yep. And then what about the industry, the medical industry? What, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, I hate them, just so you know, and I'm putting it out there. Why do I hate them? Because they never, ever talk about trans male health at a lot of these conferences. They don't bring the right doctors in. I have I have created a whole space of how to talk about my – I always try to apply to talk to these doctors. Nah, they don't want – who comes? Pharmaceutical company. You know, I don't even need to tell you, my friend. That's why I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They're turning this into an industry. Okay. It's an industry. So if you don't want the man who's been around for a long time, who has a lot of information for you, doctors, and you don't care about me, that says to me, wait a minute here. Something else is going on. So I don't see us move. I see us go becoming a factory for ther for um, not even therapy. That doesn't. Mm. That's not even on the table for medical for 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 testosterone for surgery. Surgeries. There are long two years long to get surgery my friend that is not okay that's okay. weird that's weird okay so what would you how do you speak to let's say a teenager who was in the same space that you are mm -hmm. describing about i'm going to kill myself if i don't go down this that's path. right and that's how right. do they know that that this is the path for them if they are being pushed by that feeling of uh, you know imminent death and destruction yeah therapy and i say it all the time that's the first thing kids when they say to me trampa i want to transition can you tell me i'm like nope i can't tell you anything i'm going to give you a list of therapists tell me what state you live in that's the first thing you're going to do that i'm telling you that is my oh that is exactly what i say to every single kid that okay. reaches out to me i don't care what you do if you don't get into therapy you have to talk to a professional we you know kids are influenced man we right. don't need to say kids are influenced from youtube tiktok they're being influenced i'm the i'm going to scream at the top of my lungs what is wrong with everybody it is easy to influence i have an eight-year-old i can watch how you're influenced by just putting stuff in front of their face daily yeah. they're influenced they want it i want it you yeah. know and so yeah. that's the dangerous part i don't think we are bringing mental health care into it enough okay. I and mean, that's weird don't you think that's weird <laughs> well it furthermore mental health care is complicated because of the uh the term conversion therapy what 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 do you think about that? Oh, my God. How is that conversion therapy? That's saving a life. I call it safekeeping. They try to call mental health care gatekeeping. It's safekeeping. The okay. only reason I am here, my friend, is because of my therapist. My therapist led me through it. My therapist made sure it was the right choice. My therapist made sure that I wasn't just jumping on it and it was going to be the last. It's not the last resort. There are a lot of other things you can do before you take that situation. Well, I guess that is the last resort, but it's not the thing you need to do in order to make that change. you got to work on this and figure out what's going on with yourself. I worked on my brain for a long time. Yeah. And how do you know uh, which therapist, uh, well, do you have any like kind of general mm. clues as if this therapist is mm. asking the right questions or? Yeah, good. That's a great point, my friend. How do, no, because we're not training therapists. We actually are not making an effort to really bring in gender, you know, dysphoric, dysphoria therapists or therapists who are versed on trans kids. Why are we not doing that? Because guess what? We don't have any information. It's so new. I mean, this just started happening in the last five years. It's new. We don't have it. Yeah. Nobody will let us do studies. The trans community, every time a study is made, you know, Lisa Lipman, like every single time she tries to do a study, they try to rip it right out of her hands. Why is that? Why do you not want studies to our – I want studies. I want so many studies. And so that says again to me, uh-oh, there we go. Don't talk about us. Let's mm. just – it's weird. It's just not, it's not healthy. Yeah. So not. we're, so you guys are, I guess, forming a group to, 
to yeah. speak about this. And Yeah, we have to. We have to, yeah. as elders, I'm an elder, so is he, and we, we, we've gone through it all. He's had, had yeah. horrible surgeries, that poor guy. My God, like, he has a voice. He has a story. I have a story. We almost died. Like, we're sitting here going, we don't want – we don't not want kids to transition. Of course we do. But we want you to make sure that you are safe and that you get into the same space we are in, which we are we are such powerhouses in the world. I have nothing to complain about, my friend. I have an amazing life because I live the life I've always wanted. Are these kids doing the same? Are they just seeing that something could, mm-hmm. you know, help them if they take their boobs off? They're not understanding the depth of it. Mm-hmm. So um, do you have hope? <laughs> Or is there just a lot of work to do? <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't want to cry, dude. <laughs> yeah, I do because people are starting to care. And I have to tell you that people are starting to hear me. And outside of my community, I don't speak to my community. That's like ridiculous. I don't need to speak to the choir. I speak, I've always, I travel the world and speak all over the world to all kinds of groups and people about my transition. And I've built a lot of bridges. So I know that people on the outside world listen to us. It's it's not true what the trans community says. A lot of people hear us. A lot of people want us to be safe. I mean, I've I've amassed a lot of female followers who really respect my voice and really understand. I don't deny my female biology. I never will. And, and, and that's what we need to understand as trans people. Once we start denying our biology, we start denying why we are here. We are not making a bridge and we are not letting people understand our really our pain and why we need to do this and that Mm -hmm. is really where i see the next level is i think people are going to start to understand we need to stop what's happening and we need to stop transitioning kids at such an early age okay and you don't think that it's a contradiction between what you call safe keeping and i guess transphobia Mm -hmm. you don't Mm -hmm. see that there's competing values there well how 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 is there? Yeah, because I believe that mental health care is not. Are you saying that mental health care is transphobic? Well, um, that's the question because that yeah. that that is kind of the um, the accusation uh, that's being made saying. about this is transphobic. If you don't yeah. follow, this is transphobic. So, but dude, everything is transphobic. <laughs> Today, okay. anything you do is transphobic. I'm not. I'm even a transphobe. Did you know that? I'm a transphobe and a turf and all that nonsense. Don't even take okay. that to. That doesn't count anymore. Just so you okay. know, that word has zero weight to it. Zero because everything is transphobic. And I warn right. those guys: stop calling everything transphobic because now you've you know cried wolf too many times and people are don't okay. give a shit anymore. So, is so. there actual transphobia, and how have you dealt with <laughs> yeah. that? Okay. Yes, a hundred percent. There is. I had trans when I started in the adult entertainment world. I had tons of transphobia. Are you kidding me? People hated me. People wanted to kill me. I have stacks upon stacks of emails. I'm going to kill you. You're the freak. You're a, you're. I mean, God, dude. People just went nuts okay. on me on such a. So yeah, of course there's transphobia. Okay. There still is today. People who don't want to hear us. People who say that's weird and God didn't make you that way. That on some level is transphobia. And how do, how have you dealt with that? What what's your oh, recommendation? I laugh. Field? You know, I'm that guy. I'm so confident. I'm so confident. It's kind of weird, <laughs> to be honest with you. The man with the vagina is so confident. But it's because I really, I really attribute it to laughing at myself because it is kind of funny. <laughs> a man with a vagina running around the world. And I really listen to people. I listen to feelings. I listen to why people wouldn't want to, you know, accept me. There's a lot of people who don't accept me and that's okay. It doesn't mean anything. You got to find your space in the world. It's like, you think everyone likes you, then that's a narcissistic okay. <laughs> point of view. Like no way. 
No way will everybody like me, man. No way. Nobody will everybody like you. And no way will everybody like anybody in this world. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it seems like there's just very basic things that need to happen. Conversation, humility, curiosity. Yep. And uh, building bridges, I think, is something that you put in there that that is very core to positive as opposed to destructive activism. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate you saying that. It means so much to me. I don't care if you like what I did. I don't care if you accept me as a man. It doesn't matter. If you want to call me a lady, you go right ahead. It means nothing to me. This is where I want us to be. We cannot be so sensitive in the trans community that we have become a cult-like space where we're just, you have to accept us and if you don't and if you look it's mostly trans women and i'm actually really shocked at that i Mm. really am because the trans women i know are not that way they've never been that way they understand you know and and to be honest with you i do think it's a harder space to walk in as a trans woman than a trans man it's a whole other space it's different it's you're you seem to be more visible on some level right and and what i mean by that is appearance so it's it's definitely a a much more difficult medical transition on some level than it is for a trans man but that said, again, these women are also socialized as men. So they yeah. also come to a space where there's layers there. But that, but if we don't have con- conversation is everything, dialogue, understanding, understanding our feelings. When they went over JK with a roller, like they literally stomped her. And half of my friends were on board with it. I, I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute. Did any of you people read what she wrote? She never she said, I have trans friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what more can she say? So I'm like, this is, no, we're not listening. We are not listening. It's basically you are with us or you're not. And that's a whole something else. I don't know what that okay. is. And you're not on board with that? Nope, not at all. Nope. And why you don't not? have to agree with me. Why not? Because that's not the real world. I, <laughs> again, I'm going to go back to I'm very successful. I'm successful in my businesses, my life. People have not liked me forever. I stood alone in this world for a long time. This trans community thing is news. In the 15 or so years, I stood alone in the world, walked the world naked. You can see naked pictures of me everywhere. And I stood my ground. And that's what I'm saying. So don't tell me I don't know. I did it without any of that community. Okay. And today, people respect my voice so yeah it doesn't we don't have to steamroll people and we don't have we have to realize then the reality is people aren't gonna like us and so what (laughs) okay all right so what's next then um with yeah uh... yeah i think what's next is that i keep speaking out and that i keep getting asked to speak on shows like yours and that i keep saying that i want to build a bridge and i keep saying that that's not the community i come from and i keep speaking my truth because i don't want to be a part of that and i think somehow we need to start it's my responsibility my friend as an elder and as a person who cares about the future of this community it is my responsibility and that's what i that's where i saw i got i gotta step up or i feel like i'm not i'm not doing what i should be doing and have you, I guess you mentioned that, that kids are emailing you. So you, have you been attracting uh, yes, people to lot. help? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then women. I, every day, my friend, every day, women just send me thank yous. It's hmm. really, they're like, we're so scared for our space. We really appreciate your voice. And I'm like, wow. Like, you know, I'm, I don't. I don't, you don't have to do that. I'm doing this because I, I, I want to do it and not because I feel on any level like I'm pushed into it. But, you know, I just, 
I just really want people to understand not all trans people are like that. They're just not. And that's the face of trans now. And that scares me. Okay. It's, I don't want parents to think, oh, my God, is my child going to grow up to be like that? Because they are. I want parents to see me and Scott okay. and other people who are really grounded around our stuff. Uh, just to unpack that a little bit. Were you saying that the behavior of the trans rights community is now yep. attaching itself to transness? And so parents yep. and uh, the, the community at large are seeing, uh, oh, no, like, yep. if my kid is trans, that means they're going to control everything I say and, and yeah. steamroll their children. And steamroll my parents. You know, oh, my God, parents, too. Parents write me daily. Oh, my God, my kid thinks they're trans. They never felt trans before. All of a sudden, I'm like, it's TikTok. <laughs> It's YouTube. Mm. I totally tell them that. I'm like, try to get them off the internet for a little while and get them okay. back into actual socializing. Okay. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says. I'm telling you, it's influence. There is no other way this is happening other than influence by media and other things. Kids, when I was a young kid, punk rock, I was a punk rocker, dude, because I needed to find that space yeah. that I felt uncomfortable in. Of course, these kids are all going through puberty. They feel uncomfortable. They're looking for a space to be in. And trans is now an identity. Where I come from, it was not an identity. It was a means and a way to actually make myself be a man and fit into the world. It's not okay. an identity. I'm not a okay. trans person. Okay. Um, you are... a a man then i, I guess you're I'm yourself and then there's the way that people see you <laughs> i'm a transsexual man 100 okay. percent. but i live my life as a man so when my ids are male everything i walk the world wherever i go i'm a man it's not you know my id doesn't say transgender and when when you were going through the process of becoming a man through medical means was there a moment where you stopped thinking about that was there a moment mm. where it was behind you that the, i guess the dysphoria mm. and what yeah. was that like it was dip well so so i still have a vagina and i didn't get bot what we call bottom surgery because back in the day it just wasn't what i want i want you know i'm a perfectionist on some level and i wanted a working penis <laughs> okay i want to have sex i want to do pee through i want to do all the things every guy does wasn't happening so i chose not to have that surgery very difficult very very difficult because as you know penis makes the man and i'm just like wow what do i do so i really had to push through that that was okay. i think the hardest part of my transition was understand once i pushed through that and i just had to really understand that i'm just this guy and that's the way it is and okay. that was really enlightening for me and so yeah okay. i had to find my space in the world okay so it seems like shifting beyond the transsexual conversation it it mm. seems and this is why the stories and and having these conversations is so important to me it's because mm. it's it's about personal empowerment and personal resilience and and at root this journey really forces people to be honest with themselves mm. and That's their right. role in the world and the detrans whether it's a trans person or a detrans person there's always this um chasing after authenticity that mm. that that is in there there's also uh, a lot of narcissism too because it it is you can get caught mm -hmm. up in what do people think about me and and having your idea of self depends so much on on what is outside of you and um yeah. are there any tips that you have about uh coming into your own uh for young people mm. or people who are struggling with self-confidence yeah. Oh, gosh, it's such a great question, my friend. You know, self-confidence comes from really, it sounds so cheesy, self-love. And it really does. It comes from finally understanding you don't have to worry what people think about you. It's a, I'm not going to lie. It's not an easy space to get to. And you got to be willing to do the work. But that work entail, entails you 
knowing what you want. What do I want? I want to grow a beard. I want to look like a man. I want to have tattoos. I want to. I actually sculpted the body in the space I wanted to be in without worrying what other people think. You think people hate my parents hate the way I look. Hmm. <laughs> They're just like, you look like a crazy dude out of prison. I'm like, awesome. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, so you know what I mean? You're not going to. So kids out there, people who are looking for a space to get to that confidence level, you got to know what that means to you. I can't answer that. What does that okay. mean, confidence to you? How do you? So I found it because I built the space I needed to be in and how I walked the world and people see me how I always wanted them to see me. Okay. This might yeah. be too personal to ask, but did were no. you able to um, kind of make amends with your family and... Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I oh, I have the most I mean really I have the most amazing they disowned me back in the day, which I don't yeah. blame them. Of course okay. they had to. I was and, a mess. Okay, yeah. so they dis didn't disown you because of your gender or the problems on that. It was it was something else then. Alcohol, drugs, just okay. loss, not knowing how to do things. And I okay. didn't even know it was my gender. I had no idea. Yeah. So now I'm this man who walks the world. My parents are very proud of me. They're just they, they, they said to me the other day, they said, Wow, we thought either you were gonna be dead or you were just gonna be a, you know, doing nothing and homeless and you know, because I didn't graduate school and I was very much that black sheep of the family. So today mm -hmm. I have a beautiful, amazing relationship. And again, kids I built that. I, I went to my parents. They they didn't come to me. I went back to them and I made an effort every day. I would show up and they would call me she and they would call me the girl name. And, I, and I'd be like, no, look at me. Look at me. Until okay. finally, I'm their son. So you got to participate in any relationship that you want. You got to participate. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I wanted to ask because it seems like one aspect of uh, the current kind of current within the trans community is that it's okay to just disown your family if they if they don't see you as as who you are and that that's can be right. really dangerous because that's a way of a cult that's one way that a cult works oh, so excellent so You're i just right. want to ask how how did you get back into that relationship and what did you have to change about yourself um yeah. and and accepting yourself how did accepting yourself empower your parents' acceptance of you? Because they see me as such a success. I mean, you know what I mean? They're like, I'm flying to Singapore tomorrow, mom. She's like, wow. I'm like, I'm flying to Malaysia. I'm like, you know, my parents are like, what? Who are you? <laughs> but again, <laughs> I show up. I show up. I make an effort. My parents don't. I'm their daughter. They lost their daughter. Yeah. That is not a joke. It makes me actually want to cry because these kids don't understand. And I know I just want to shake them. Like, wake up. You're, in 20 years, you're going to be so mad at yourself the way you are acting to your parents right now. They don't understand. You're their daughter. They're losing you. They don't have any information. They have people like me. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I only know this. So you've got to have compassion for your parents and your journey. And they're being taught to disconnect from their parents, what you said, and that is yeah. cult-like, and I hate it. Okay. That is, this is pretty powerful language, you said, but mm -hmm. the, the parents are watching their daughter die, and in, in a way, did you have to kind of help them through their mourning for that? Mm -hmm. And what was that like? It was difficult, because... I didn't know what to do. Now I'm older and I'm much, much more understanding of a lot of what's happening. But, you know, this was 20 plus years ago. And so as I moved myself back in and I didn't necessarily look so masculine, you know, I little by little started looking more masculine. And that you could see the daughter change into the son, if that makes sense. You can literally watch somebody transition into 
that other person. And so yeah. my, as I'm going, I'm transitioning into more masculinity and my parents are, <laughs> they're just like, what? They don't get it. My parents are 80. They're just like, what's happening here? And so eventually I just, said let's talk and then they said we feel really sad because we lost you as you know laura and now you know being buck is this thing that we don't necessarily understand and i'm like i know i that's why i'm here see i'm gonna cry because they literally connected to me and they said to me why they were sad that's why i know you they are losing their daughter and they don't know what that means, a son. They don't understand what that means until you start participating. So kids out there, they're losing their daughter. Be compassionate for that. Okay. And how did you, how was that for you to, to hear that? And I can see that almost like an expectation for you to not transition and a resistance on you. And how did you separate maybe even mm-hmm. feelings of anger for them not accepting yeah. from the compassion yeah. for them? Yeah, therapy. <laughs> so hmm. as I was seeing my parents, and actually we went to a couple therapy sessions, but my dad's like super old school, like ex-football player, like that kind of dude, right? No feelings. <laughs> Try getting him into therapy. <laughs> that, that lasted two sessions. That said, <laughs> we went and, you know, we talked about it. Again, even without a therapist, even that you got to have dialogue. You got to listen to people. You got to listen to feelings. You got to listen to why people are against us. You got to understand that they do. If someone doesn't have gender dysphoria, how do they even understand it? Especially parents, how do they understand it? You're not. I barely even understand my gender dysphoria. So how is a parent going to know this? And it's like it's just such a difficult space we're in because we don't have a lot of dialogue with parents and we don't okay. have a lot of information for parents. Can you imagine if your child today said to you, mom or dad, I'm trans, what do you do? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's part of the reason why I keep on asking these for these interviews yes. to, yes. to like figure yes. this out, you know? You're a hero for us, my friend. Mm. You really, we, we, we like you because you, you hear us and you're willing to spread the information. We don't want people to be fearful of transitioning your child. We want people to do it the right way. We mm. want people to understand there are some kids who are that way and there's some kids who are latching onto a message or something because there's more internalized stuff that you're, they're not dealing with. Okay. Yeah. So I just thank you for opening up to me. These are very sensitive issues and you're being very vulnerable to really get into that. But that's the stuff that that young people and parents really need to hear because we are dealing with death in a way. We're we're dealing with a transformation and that really does include the loss of something and and navigating that loss is it's very we have to be honest about that. We can't rush that. Because Thank that might you. that that'll hobble the relationship, and it'll hobble the individual that's going through that transformation if you can't be honest with what you're losing too. And why can't you? That's the thing is, why is my community continually shutting down conversation, shutting down um, studies, and all of these things is because people care. Do you think people would write books about this if they didn't care? If people just didn't give a shit, they'd be like, let those kids change. Who cares? They're all a bunch of freaks anyway. That's what would be happening. People outside of our community, Abigail, Deborah are literally writing books so that people can be informed of this and that we can actually make it a better structure. That's not what this community thinks. They think everybody's against us, everybody. And that I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's not true. It is not true. Okay. So it seems that your stance is more healthy in the long run and will actually be better for your community and the community at large. But just to sum it up, to try to sum it up is that you're not at war. 
This is not a nope. war for you're not trying to like nope. defeat smash the binary or defeat the cis or <laughs> no. you know force oh, acceptance on people. Oh god, it's so horrible. It's horrible. That's cult. I'm gonna tell you again, it's a cult. Okay. That's yeah. cult. My my ex girlfriend was in a cult. I'm telling. I know very a lot about it, and so that's such. Oh my god, dude, you know that. It's just so. It's just there, and okay. so no, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm here to tell you that I'm not going to let that happen. I'll fight against it as much as possible, and I believe in dialogue and being on you on your show and letting me actually educate. I want to educate you so that you have the information to understand what does this all mean because you're not being educated. You're just being shamed. You're just being scolded. You're just being called names, and that is weird and wrong. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, um, so you, I guess it's time of COVID. So I want to know what you guys, what you're up to, but <laughs> what are you God, up dude, to? It's like... so, well, I open, so I also have a cannabis. Um, I am sober from drugs and alcohol, but I also uh, use cannabis for, as a medication. And so I'm now in the cannabis business and I created the first LGBT focused trans owned company. And so mm-hmm. I just opened a Palm Springs. So that's keeping me really busy because I'm just really pushing, creating jobs. I only hire within my community and mm-hmm. I really try to make an effort to really give back to my community and create a space that we can, you know, have, it's hard to get jobs. Trans people have a hard time, you know, especially mm. when you're in that transitional period or your ID says female, but you look like a man. These are things you would never even know that are really yeah. detrimental to them. Also mental health. Yeah. Really, when you walk into okay. a place and someone calls you she, it does hurt your feelings, okay. even though yeah. you look like a she. <laughs> So, okay. you know, these are, these are things. So I'm just working on that, building, you know, building more businesses and building places that I can hire within my community and create space so they can learn to create their own jobs and yeah. stop whining about everything. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it, it seems like there's this, there's this really interesting territory of walking into transition or going through the process of transition yeah. of, because yeah. you have to, it seems like, and I'm just talking generally, mm-hmm. uh, you, you always have to figure out how I behave is more important than how other people behave. And I have to, uh, I, I can, I can put so much pressure on my community to accept me, but I can't, there's this line where I'm demanding too much from other people. And how do you navigate that? Um, especially when, Kids are being taught narcissism. They're being taught ego. They're being taught me, 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 me. And it's all about me, 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 me. And that is the most dangerous space you could ever be in is me, 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 me. And so I'm trying to teach you. Why? Because you only focus on you and you don't care about other things or how I am affecting other people. Why is it healthy to, to be aware of yourself beyond yourself? Because you have an effect effect on people. So if let's say I'm just running around saying, fuck you, I'm trans. If you don't like it, fuck off. How is that affecting other people? It's making people go, "Uh, trans people are weird. But, you know, so you're actually and that's what's happening. That is exactly what's happening. They're like, if you don't accept me, you're a transphobe. That's like the mantra of the day. Like, no, that's not the way it works. What are you doing? What are you actually doing to make people be a transphobe to you? So it's a very difficult space to be in, inner depth, looking at what you do to participate in this particular situation. And that's a very uh, mature space to be in, and we're dealing with a lot of immaturity. And so how do we get people to be more mature, I think is really the question, because (laughs) we've become become a bunch of little babies. And I I don't come from that space, dude. I told you, I grew balls. I I had to grow balls in order to walk the world. you got to have balls to walk this world. People will nail you every day, every day. 
So yeah. that's real. I'm not talking about any, you get nailed, we all get nailed. It's just that. So you, you have to understand that. And we're teaching these kids that you can't, that we, what we're teaching the youth today is that people aren't allowed to dislike you. People aren't allowed to have a different opinion. People aren't allowed to say whatever they say, because it's hurting your feelings or you're triggered or you're all this really crazy language. Mm-hmm. What are we creating? A bunch of babies and a bunch of really self-entitled stuff. Yeah. And that, that goes way outside just the trans uh topic yep. it's the yeah. entire culture um from the top to the bottom oh. it's all a bunch of babies dude <laughs> wow you are so deep in it too it's so awesome <laughs> one day we're gonna have a beer and, <laughs> and you're gonna be like uh this is like i can't believe we made it through we're gonna make it through you know mm. that it's gonna change okay. i, I okay. highly believe that I highly believe that. Um, and on that note, what what do you think is the way for it to change that is least destructive to everybody involved? What are some of the core principles? Oh, yeah. Great. Okay. Dialogue. I'm big on that. I'm yeah. big on that. You've got to talk to people with opposing opinions. I don't understand. <laughs> I grew up like that. I just don't understand this idea that you can't have a conversation because somebody has a different thought process than you. It's how we get to the next level. It's how we've always got to the next level. I mean, don't they teach that in university? <laughs> it doesn't seem like they do. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. I'm not sending my kid to university. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I guess you're getting your practice at homeschooling right now, so you're just going to take it all the way to a master's degree. Seriously, a master's degree in trampa school. <laughs> it's going to be different. Let me tell you. So, so I, you got you got to you got to come. Com- Bottom line, dude, conversation. If we don't start to understand that people have opposing views to us, they might not understand us. Uh, and mm. again, that's not just the trans community. I see all the other nonsense out there from the youth and, you know, this idea that everybody's racist and everybody's against us. And if you don't get on board with this language or that, then you're this and that. Like, really? We live in the mm. United States of America. Seriously, we do. People forgot where we live. We are also allowed to have opposing opinions, whether you like it or not. And we're allowed to have and vote for whoever we want. And we're allowed just because you're a trans person doesn't mean you can't be a Republican. That's nonsense. I mean, I I don't understand. I, I don't agree with that, but you can. And it doesn't mean you're not my friend. So, you know, that's where we need to get back to, which we used to do and we used to have opinions and we used to. But I see people getting sick of it and I see new platforms being created okay. and I see people. Yeah, I do. Honestly, I yeah. do. I, I, I think it's going to come back around. So ultimately, you trust in, I guess, the human spirit to yes. adapt beyond it and get yes, bored I of do. cultiness. I do. There's no way that, you know, there's no way that we can't continue logically to let this happen. There's too much stuff being said that's so illogical and so out there that people are like, huh? <laughs> they, they fucked up by bringing in biology that, you know, they could have maybe made this go a little further. Uh. But once they played the biology card, done. Yeah. That was it. Everyone was over it at that point. So before okay. that, you know, the turfy stuff and every and changing language. I mean, I can't believe the corporations just all got on board with this nonsense. It's shocking. Honestly, as a trans person, I'm like, how did they do this? How did they twist the way people are so scared and they fire people at left and right because they said something that hurt a trans person's feelings? It's mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's really I mean, really, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. shocking, mm-hmm. but it's going to so go wh- away. What are some resources that you want to plug what? So number one, what I want to plug is ftmhealth.com. 
Okay. That is the number one website for any information. And I'm adding there daily. I have a bunch of kids helping me. I, what I did is I built it, and then what I got kids to do community because I'm big on community service. I think it really helps people understand, you know, being part of and participating, and not just wanting. Because you know, kids, everyone wants. This is this is the new generation. Uh, GoFundMe, <laughs> PayPal, Venmo. Yeah. I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> Are you kidding? So, yeah, I'm totally against that. They do that for their top surgeries. They do. I said, no, you got to work. So okay. let's get you on this. So, so FTM Health is really a website where I'm building to create resources that you need in order to go to the gynecologist or things that are very hard to talk about as men. So it okay. helps us understand our health. And that's really okay. the one I want to plug because okay. it's important to me. Health is important to me. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be here at 58. I'm a healthy 58-year-old guy. And, you know, that that's, comes from taking care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the one of the dicey things about changing language is it might uh, diminish health uh, in the doctor's office if you can't communicate different things. And and then Can having the doctors always being afraid of that and then like, malpractice go. either way for them, like it's an impossible decision. Well, I, mean, I mean, it's just phenomenal how they're digging a ding digging a hole for us. I work so hard to create health out there. I created products. I created a lubrication for trans men so we could actually talk about it. It gets into gynecological offices. When you walk in, you see T-Lube by Buck Angel. Then you know, hmm. you know they're actually versed on trans health. It was, I, I thought about ways to do it subtly where it's not like just kind of, it's embarrassing for us to go to the gynecologist. Could you imagine yeah. if yeah. you had to go yeah. to the gynecologist? Waiting yeah. in the room with all the ladies is uncomfortable. Okay. They, they yeah. look at you like you're insane. So, so really, we need to have. That's why we have to keep biology on the table. When you say yeah. trans women are women, go fuck yourself. Trans women are trans women, and okay. and they have a different biology than biological women. And so yeah. it's very detrimental to our health. And that's why I get upset about this idea that we're men and we're women. No, we're not. We're actually trans men and trans women. Yeah, yeah. And I I really do think that. I mean, any form of bigotry is really solved by your stance, your attitude, the maturity, dialogue. Yes, um, yes. Perhaps laughter uh, <laughs> is just like a core human uh, value. <laughs> People lost the ability to, to – everyone's scared to laugh because if they laugh, they might be laughing at the wrong thing. And then they're yeah. a turf and a transphobe. I'm telling you, those – those turf and transphobe, I'm getting that shit taken out. I cannot handle it anymore. I cannot stand those words are now hate speech, and I okay. cannot stand it. I hate it. Because because why? What what do they do to the discourse? What do they what do? What they do is they create a space where now there's no more discourse because you have been called a transformer and a turf, and you just immediately shut down the conversation. Nobody wants to be called a name. It's like you're an asshole. Okay, well now you just shut down the conversation with me. No, I'm not an asshole. I'm just a guy who has a different opinion. You're a turf. You're what does that do? Immediately you're pointing fingers and you're shutting down the conversation. When you say, well, excuse me, my friend, that's a little bit of a transphobic statement. Let me explain it to you this way, which okay. I do every day. I take yeah. the time to actually say, that's not cool, blah, blah, blah. And then people are always like, oh, well, God, Buck, thank you. Nobody okay. took the time to tell me that. I'm like, okay. now, now it's my job to do this. And it's like on top of everything else. <laughs> like, really? Come on, man. I'm old. I want to retire. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, you know what? I, yeah, th that's the first dishonest thing you've said all interview. I, I, I think you run 
towards activity. <laughs> I, I think do. You, right. I think you see projects and you just take them up. <laughs> I'm that guy. You know why? I think because I was told I was a dummy my whole life. And I think really? Graduate high school. Oh, God. My whole life. My whole life. I did horrible in school. Pretty much every report card was Ds and Fs. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and I'm like, you're never going to make it in this world, dude. You're going to be a trash man for the rest of your life. Not to, and- not to shame trash man. No, but you've you've completely uh, beat everybody's expectations. Right on, my friend. And that's really why I talk about that because, you know, there's kids out there who feel the same. And when you're not participating in school, there's a reason why you're not. There was a reason why I wasn't participating. I didn't feel comfortable being there. And so I couldn't learn if all I kept thinking about was I'm a man and no one's – and people see me as a girl. You're literally shut down. So you got to look at why kids aren't doing well in school. It could be so many different things happening there. It's not that they're stupid. It's that they're not participating for some kind of reason. Mm -hmm. Well, Buck, this is probably one of my favorite episodes in this entire journey. Thank you for shedding your energy um, (laughs) (laughs) to me and, and my audience. Right on. No, I love you, my friend. Thank you for your work, and thank you for really just being paying attention to the world and what's going on. The information you're putting out there is so important, and it, it actually, on some level, really connects to what I'm talking about. And I do mm. see a lot, a lot of parallels, and that's why I really appreciate what you do. It means a lot to me. So thank, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, I will link all the links in the description for people to find all your work. Excellent. Uh, excellent. And, thank you, my uh, friend. And we'll keep in touch. Yeah, let's do that. Awesome, okay. for sure. So let me know when you Maybe have a round table at some point or a beer oh. or a barbecue. Yeah, right on. Where do you, do you live? Uh, uh, I'm in Olympia. You? Oh, you're in Olympia. I'm sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm okay. I'm outside of Olympia. I actually am going <laughs> Just <at> kidding. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Okay. No, no. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> okay. Have a beautiful day, my friend, and we'll stay you in too. touch. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Congratulations for reaching the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this product, consider donating to this channel via paypal.me slash Benjamin Boyce or joining me on Patreon. Also follow me on Twitter at Benjamin A. Boyce. Have a good night.